Hello, and welcome to An Encouraged Heart. This is Cynthia, and thank you for joining me for Bible study. I am happy to introduce my very first guest on the podcast. My friend Ryan Green is a minister and an excellent Bible teacher. Please listen in as he shares a brief teaching on discipleship. Good day, everyone. Uh, I'm so excited and so thankful and honored to join my good friend, my dear friend and colleague in ministry, Cynthia Hurst, uh, as I join her in encouraging you in the Word of God. And um, she had asked me to be a special guest. We work together in ministry and I'm just so thankful to be able to share some things that I believe definitely will encourage you. I want to talk about the heart of Christian discipleship, the heart of Christian discipleship. You know, it's so important, especially with the pandemic that we're living in now, um, that we recalibrate. You know, there's a lot of things, machinery, uh, things along the line that we often use, often needs to be recalibrated in order to function well. You've heard the saying, to function as a well-oiled machine. Well, that requires a lot of tune-ups, that requires a lot of checkups, <laughs> um, and to make sure that everything is working well in order to function at its optimum level. Well, so likewise, we as believers, I believe this is the great time for believers in Christ, true believers in Christ, true followers of Christ. And I, we really need to take inventory of what that actually means, the heart of it. Because in these days, it's so important that we engage in as believers in that which has eternal value. What we're experiencing now, the life that we're living in, uh, the world that we're living in now, the life that we're living now is not all that there is. And so many times we can become sidetracked and, and focused on the temporary and the temporal and that which is right in front of our eyes. And we lose focus of, not that we necessarily forget, but we just lose focus of what is to come and which is eternal. Uh, that which is temporal is going to pass away. You know, um, the, the things that we consider to be so dear, that the world considers to be so dear, their jobs and uh, financial security and things along that line, all of that is passing. And with the pandemic, we've seen how shaky and how insecure the world is. And we as believers have to reflect and become, as the scripture says, beacons of light in this world to show them that you can't trust in worldly possessions, you can't trust in worldly things, uh, you have to trust in the Lord. And that's the only way that we can have security in this life. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, he said that in the world, in me, he stated that I, you will have peace, but in the world you will have tribulation. So be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. The Amplified Bible goes as far as to say and breaks it down by saying that Jesus has overcome the world. He has deprived it of power to harm you and he has conquered it for you. So anything in this world and the world is not the physical world in which we live. You know, the beauty of God's creation. Those are things that God created and meant for us to enjoy because it reflects who he he is and, and, and reveals the majesty and the grandeur of who he is. But the world that the Apostle John is speaking of in that particular case, um, and that he'll also speak of in his first epistle, 1 John, I would encourage you to read that as well, uh, because it pertains so much to what we're dealing with here in the world now and what should be expected of us as believers, is the world there is that system 
it's a it's a way of thinking it's a mode of operation it's a it's a system uh, that's in direct opposition to God and to his people and the one who governs that system is Satan the, the enemy and it's governed by a, a threefold uh, enemy the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and we see that so much uh, all you have to do is turn on the news and you see so much of that manifesting but I say all of that to say is that what 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 should we as believers be doing what should be our heart what should be our focus and we need to really engage in discipleship it's time out for just playing church it's time out for uh, and the pandemic has shaken all of this up where it literally forced, it has forced the church to be the church. That we're not no longer confined to the four walls of the building, the actual church building, because what people have to understand and what we as believers have to be reminded of is that the church is not a building. We don't go to church. We are the church. And the church is the ecclesia. I'm a seminary student. I'm a seminarian. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some big words out there. But I promise you that I'm going to make them understandable. I'm going to give you the definition of what that is. The ecclesia is just a Greek word for the church. But it means the called out ones. Those who have been called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. And if you're a believer in Christ, that includes you. And so we as believers, uh, we are the church. Every Everywhere that we go, whether it be to the supermarket, whether it be to the barbershop, whether it be just about our ordinary daily lives, we represent and we are the church. We are the body of Christ. It's a living organism, not an institution, not a dead, lifeless institution. It's an organism that represents the body of Christ. We are the hands and the feet and the arms of Jesus Christ in this earth. And so what that brings us to the heart of Christian discipleship. It's very important that we understand that we as every believer, every believer has the responsibility to engage in their personal relationship with God. There's practical ways to do that. God has done everything that he needs to do and everything that's required in order for humankind to be restored into a, a right relationship with him. Uh, and that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, which we celebrated uh, just a few weeks ago. And it's so important that we understand the spiritual significance of what Jesus has done for us. And if we just exercise faith in him, if, we're, if we believe and walk in obedience towards that, then we can live the eternal life that he has called for us, which is not just heaven, not just uh, uh, eternal life and eternity, but it begins right now as we develop our relationship with God. And the, we, we do that, of course, by engaging in fellowship with other believers uh, through spending time in the Word of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, uh, spending time just talking with Him, just uh, conversational prayer, deep prayer, uh, unburdening our hearts before God, um, things along that line. And so it's just very important. And not only that, but we not just personal discipleship, but we engage in personal discipleship in order to engage in the discipling of others because we only reproduce what we are. And so it's so important that we're on the right track spiritually so that we can lead others in the same direction. And so that's what I've, that's what's been on my heart. Uh, and for these last few minutes, I just want to share with you that it's very important that we find people just right in our immediate world who are in need of discipling. And when I mean your, your immediate world, you know, we can ask the Lord. And of course we do. We acknowledge the Lord. Lord, who is somebody that as I'm discipling myself, as I'm engaging in my personal relationship with you, who can I help tutor and, 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 
and uh, allow to be a learner of you through me and that I can help teach in the ways of the Lord. Um, and a lot of times the answer is right in front of our face. It's that person that's on your job that you spend quality time with. It's that um, or that person that seems to be drawn to you because there's just a difference about you. You always have an encouraging word for them, you know. So it's not always something out of osmosis or the stratosphere, but the answer is right in front of our face. Those people that God has entrusted us with and desires for us to impart and to invest in spiritually. And so when we do that, we just want to focus on directing them to Christ, directing them to Christ. Um, if they're not saved, that's the evangelistic part where we minister our own testimony. One of the greatest ways to allow the, to tell the gospel story is telling the gospel story in your story, because all of us have a story. How did Jesus, where, did, where were you when Jesus found you? You know, we, we didn't find the Lord. Jesus found us, you know, and um, it's very important that we understand that our story has an impact. I teach a course in our, uh, that's really to orient in our church, in our local church, that uh, is meant to orient new members and those who may be new to a whole church experience. They were unchurched and now they um, are coming into the ways of the Lord. They've developed a relationship uh, connected with Christ and it's called Rooted. But the whole premise of Rooted class is to really see how our personal stories, our life experiences, where God has brought us from, even we even when we didn't recognize that it was God bringing us through that uh, from our childhood up until our present time, how that connects with God's grand story. You know, we have a part. God wants us to be involved and a part of. He, he created humankind to be a part of him and to participate in his mission in this world. And so I know I'm all over the place, but I, there's so much that I, that I want to share from my heart that, you know, find, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you who he desires for you to invest spiritually in. And then the greatest way to do that, which I'm sure you probably already have done, is examine, take inventory of those people that you have already connected with and developed relationships with. Because nobody, the, the key to leading somebody into a relationship with Christ is first, you, we have to develop relationships with that person. There, you've heard the saying, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so it's just human mechanism and defense that in order for somebody to have the authority to speak into my life, it's if first the, the, the precursor of that is that they have to connect in a relationship with me. So before we start getting into the Bible and getting into this and what we should be doing and all of that, let's first just connect with them on the level, on, the, on a relational friendship level. And that is what lays the foundation for even greater things because then they can trust you, their guard is down, and they're in a vulnerable place in a good way uh, whereby they can receive uh, spiritual insight. It's like um, I always use the example of Jesus's encounter, his evangelistic encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. And you can read about that in John chapter 4. But Jesus didn't go straight to what her issue was or straight to um, revealing himself as the living water. But he got down and on, his, on her level of interest, and he took her on a journey from where she was and where, to where he desired and knew that she was meant to be in him. And it, it just launched a wonderful ministry through her, where um, she was able to, through her own testimony, 
uh, her testimony, her personal testimony was the vehicle that brought others to the Lord. And they believed on him, not just because of what she said, but because they were able to hear him for him, hear Jesus for themselves. But they would have never known Jesus for themselves if they had not been carried to him on the, the, the vehicle, if you will, of the testimony of the Samaritan woman. And so it's important, but all of that happened because he was able to connect with her. He was able to just develop some type of a friendship with her where he, they engaged in conversation and that led her on a journey to, um, to what happened. So I would encourage you to read that in John chapter four. So we have to connect with people on a friendship level first. And then as that develops and as that continues to go, then um, God will definitely open up the door for us to be able to spiritually invest in others once that foundation of relationship has been done. Discipleship is not done in a vacuum. It's done in the context of personal relationships. That's how Jesus engaged in discipleship. He chose and, in, and gave the invitation to 12 men to follow him. And they did that. And it was in the context and in the atmosphere of relationship that he was able to mold them and to guide them into what he desired for them to be and later became the apostles of the church after he went back after he was resurrected and returned to the father and so that's let's take inventory of the friends that we have the relationships that we have in particular those relationships that you know that the holy spirit is leading you and encouraging you to invest in spiritually and with that, uh, that, that, that is the heart of Christian discipleship because that's what Jesus did. We have to get back to what Jesus did. Um, so much of what the church has been doing now um, or prior to uh, pre-pandemic, pre-COVID, was just really just a waste of time. And if it's not engaging in the mission of Jesus, which is making disciples, inviting people to Christian discipleship, and encouraging them in a relationship with Christ and to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If the activities that we're involved in, if the things that we're engaged in, in our lives and in our churches, is not about that as the main foundational objective, then it is not the mission of Christ. And we have to do a paradigm shift and, and, and correct our hearts to be able to engage in what Jesus desires for us to engage in. So I encourage you, be a disciple and make a disciple. As we engage in personal discipleship of ourselves, then we can be in the, in the right proper place to be in a right relationship to be able to disciple others as well. So I want to thank you, Cynthia, for this platform and the opportunity to be able to share on your wonderful podcast. And uh, congratulations on your 100th episode. That is amazing. I remember when we were just talking about it. And that encourages me to uh, focus on getting mine started and, and um, developed as well. So congratulations to you on this wonderful ministry milestone. And uh, for the many hearts that are being blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much. Again, I thank you for visiting An Encouraged Heart, and I pray that this episode on discipleship has been a blessing to you. If so, please be sure to share this episode with a friend. Take care, and I look forward to you joining me next time. God bless.